Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When I finish asking God to forgive me, what happened to my sins? covered so that you can combine take the cover off and go mm-hmm huh no forgiven and what forgotten as far as that you know it the far as the east is from the west now is that important to us no it's just a nice saying no it's very important to me because of that since i know that what happens i then have a clean conscience A guilty conscience can be a terrible thing to live with. People have been driven insane. Others have killed themselves because of the weight of guilt. Religious people will try to do as many good things as possible to try to balance the scale back to at least a level in their minds. But Pastor Mark will be teaching today that there's no need to hold on to a guilty conscience. You'll learn that while God gave you a conscience to prick you when you've done wrong, The cleansing from guilt comes only through Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 3 as he continues his message, The New Covenant and Conscience. God programmed it with one thing, and they blew it. You and I know what that means like, don't we? We understand that, that rebellion. So our conscience is something that must be programmed by the Word of God. Psalm 119.11, David says it like this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So as we take this word and put it in our heart. It's programming our conscience. You can have an oversensitive conscience, and that's what the enemy is always tormenting you about. And I'll talk about that a little toward the end. Look at verse 10. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial warnings. External, circle that word, regulations applying until the time of the new order. What does that mean? It means an external solution will not fix an internal problem. The Old Testament, it was external. There still was faith, but the things God created them to do in the Old Covenant, we know that it wasn't a bad covenant. They just couldn't keep it, but it was to drive them to Christ. McDonald says this, the offerings were concerned with the people who were in covenant relationship with God. They were designed to maintain the people in a position of ritual purity so that they could worship. They had nothing to do with their salvation or with the cleansing from sin. The people were saved by faith in the Lord on the basis of the work of Christ still 
to be done in the future. And as you heard Pastor Dave talked about, the reason that the conscience is not clear is their sins were never forgiven and forgotten. They were only covered in the Old Testament. Kofar. And so in the Old Covenant system of worship, there's just no way for have their sins forgiven. And the deepest need of me is to go, it's forgiven and forgotten. That was never possible. Hard for us to even understand it. They were external, didn't change the inner man. Even today, it's possible to fulfill all the outward obligations of religion and still have a conscience that's not right with God. That's what we have in many of our churches. They will come to church. They will do this, that, this, that, and that and think they're fine. It's external, but there's no clear conscience because they have not taken care of the inner sin problem. We will have that in a few weeks. In our world, many people will come on Christmas. They're going to do the right thing to come to church on Christmas. But it is not going to solve their sin problem. Because they're doing it externally. It doesn't even relate to that which is internal. So, notice verse 10. Look at the end of verse 10. Until the time of the new order. Until the time of the new model. What would that new order be? It's the new covenant. So God was going to send a solution. The solution would be this new covenant. Look at verse 11. When Christ came as high priest... Of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Now the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are what? Outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our, here it is, our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So what is this new covenant? Why is this important for us to understand this? Well, it's huge. Number one, the new covenant had a better sanctuary. It wasn't man-made. It was in heaven. Number two, the new covenant provided a better way to worship. Unlimited access to God. Anytime. First thing you do in communion is you examine your heart. Notice, you examine your heart. It's not a form. It's not how I hold my finger as I take the communion elements. It's not a religious thing. It's my heart. The first thing I have to do is examine my heart. And so I have unlimited access to God. All of us in this room will say to God, as David did, search my heart. Was there a thing today, an area? And this is where the conscience comes in. God will speak to us. Now, I can say, well, it really wasn't that big a deal. I'm pretty good at justifying things, but God knows how to take care of that. No, that really was. It wasn't the right thing. Take care of it. Okay, I will. Number three, the new covenant provided through the blood of Jesus full efficacy. So what does that mean? When I finish asking God to forgive me, what happened to my sins? Covered? So that you can combine, take the cover off and go, "Mm mm-hmm. 
Huh? No. Forgiven and what? Forgotten. As far as that you know it, the far as the east is from the west. Now, is that important to us? No, it's just a nice saying. No, it's very important to me. Because of that, since I know that, what happens? I then have a clean conscience. Now, if I have a clean conscience, that means my relationship with God is right. Listen, no religion can provide a clear conscience. No religion. Doesn't matter. Eastern, American, Indian, doesn't matter. No religion can provide a clear conscience. Only Jesus Christ can. Because religion can't take care of our sin. We can go through all kinds of rituals, but it cannot take care of my sin. Let me give you an interesting true story. Albert Speer. He was the architect who served Adolf Hitler during the Holocaust. A person interviewed him. Here's what he said. The interview said, You have said, Albert, that the guilt can never be forgiven, your guilt, or it never really should be. Do you still feel that way, Albert? I serve a sentence of 20 years in prison. And I could say, I'm a free man. My conscience has been cleared. By serving the whole time. I've served it all. All 20 years for my punishment. But I can't do that. I can't say that. I still carry the burden of what happened to millions of people during Hitler's lifetime. My cause. And I can't get rid of it. He goes on. This new book that I'm writing is part of my atoning. Part of my clearing my conscience. Interviewer, you really think you'll be able to clear it totally? Spear, I don't think that will ever be possible. Now, what is it like to live with that kind of a conscience? It's miserable. And as I was reading that, I wish somebody could have got to Albert and said, you know, you can have a clean conscience. It starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, and if you'll do it, the blood, remember this old song? The blood of Jesus can make the vilest sinner clean. There's still power in the blood today. Another song we used to sing a long time ago, white as snow. White as snow. So here's something you want to write. A clean conscience helps us to serve God freely. No guilt, no condemnation. So it's not just about a clean conscience. But when my conscience is clean, look back at verse 14. Look at the end of it. Cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death, so that, why do I want a clean conscience? So that we may serve the living God. That's the whole thing. See, if my conscience is guilty, I'm not very useful in the kingdom of God. How can I go witness to somebody? Tell them about Christ. Be salt and light. If I'm condemned myself in my own heart because I know I haven't agreed with God when he's been working with my conscience that I need to ask forgiveness for that or go to this individual and ask forgiveness, whatever it is. 
And so I'm useless in the kingdom of God. Satan loves it. And so I think it's very important. If you and I have a clean conscience, then there's nothing to slow me down. I'm forgiven. You know who else learned this principle? You can keep your finger there. Turn to Philippians. We'll be right back. Philippians chapter 3, just for a minute. You remember the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. And he thought he was doing what was right. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was headed to Damascus in Syria. And he was going there to continue this havoc on Jewish Christians, his own brothers, putting them in jail, murdering them. We don't know. The Bible never tells us how many individuals were jailed or killed because of the influence of the Apostle Paul. Do you think Paul ever had to deal with that memory? Sure he had to deal with the memory. But he learned to deal with it the way God asked us to do it. In Philippians chapter 3, I'll read out of the New Living Translation. Look down to verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. He hasn't achieved maturity. He's not perfect. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. When I forget the past, then I can look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. See, Paul writes this. I believe he's the same writer to Hebrews. Let me read to you again. Paul says this. The eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God to cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. That's exactly his testimony. Paul said, I had to get my arms around it. And the only way I can do that, I'd have a clear conscience. And if I have, Paul's basically saying this, I've asked God to forgive me. God has. But who keeps bringing it up? The accuser of the brethren. I'm sure Paul would fight that. So he said, this one thing I do. I can't go forward. You can't go forward unless you let go of the past. You just drag it with you. You can't go forward. So Paul says, one thing I do. I forget the past. I leave the past in the past. It's covered under the blood. It's done with. It's over with. And now I press on to the prize of the high calling. Now what do I discover? It's not only non-believers that struggle with religion to clean their consciences. There's many Christians who allow Satan to keep their conscience stirred up. Why? They won't allow the past to be the past. Maybe you're here. Maybe you got over it, but recently the enemy's brought some of your history back, the old days. Drug or alcohol or affairs or abortions or whatever. And you've allowed that. See, when that happens, ministry stops. I can't serve clearly. I mean, I can't sit there and hear God speak to me if there's something rolling around in there that the enemy's tormenting me with. I want to challenge you because this whole chapter was on a clear, clean conscience. The only one that can give that's God. I can't give that to you. But Paul said, hey, 
I'm not guilty. I'm moving forward. I have nothing that's hindering me serving God. Well, if other people, who cares about other people? I think it's very important. Don't remember our sins. God doesn't. Why should we? Now, I want to talk a bit about remembering, but not our sins, not our past. I want to talk about remembering three things. Number one, remember there was the jar of manna. When they looked at that jar of manna, what was the symbol of it? Why the jar of manna? Because every time that they thought that little jar of manna was there, they knew the history of the children of Israel, their relatives, who ate for 40 years the manna that God had provided. Every single day. Six days a week, enough on Friday for two days. Every single day for 40 years. So that manna was a picture of God's faithfulness to provide for us. His provision. How about you? Home market's difficult. Job market's difficult. Will God provide? Yes, God has promised to provide. Remember all the times in the past when it was tough, and God has always come through. I will supply your need. Two, Aaron's staff was in the Ark of the Covenant. What is that? That's the provision of a mediator between a sinful man and a holy God. Aaron's staff, you remember, it sprouted leaves, and it showed that God said, you're the mediators. Aaron, your line in the Levites, you're the mediators, you're the go-between. It was the authority. I don't have to look at Aaron's staff. I have a mediator. His name's Jesus. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for us. By the way, he is the bread of life. He's the provision. He's the manna as well. Third, also in there, two stone tablets. Someone said, God called Moses up and said, take these two tablets and call me in the morning. (laughs) Not exactly like that. What what this is about. These two tablets, God said to Moses, you take them down. Remember? Four, how to deal man and God. Six, how to deal man to man. Here's the directions. Here's how to do life. It's the word of God. It's the law, the moral law. Remember? We're to love God. Anybody remember? Come on, come on. We're to love God and we're to love others. That was a picture. That was a beautiful picture. They were written on stone. Where are they written today? They're on our hearts. And that's when I hide the word in my heart. That's when the red light goes off. Boom! You go home tonight. You got that old channel flipper. Maybe you were on it last night. I saw in the paper what was on last night. Victoria's Secret night. Notice I saw in the paper. My wife isn't home. But God's at home. So 
when you hear caution as you're going through the channel, a yellow light says what? Slow down, but slow down to thinking, well, just keep on moving. Am I right? I'm right. So that word is hit in our heart that I won't get into trouble. Now, maybe you got into trouble last night. It's all right. We're all human. There is another promise I want you to remember. As they looked at those things, they thought about the Ten Commandments. They thought about that budding man. There's Aaron. There's the priest. There's the mediator. And they thought about the manna. God's going to provide for us. But I want you to think about this. First John 1 John 1.9, you know it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Turn with me to the book of Luke, if you would. Luke chapter 22. In this room, there's no reason everyone cannot have a clear conscience. There's no reason. If you don't have a clear conscience, you can. And you do it by asking God to forgive you. And whether that's a person in this room who has never accepted Jesus Christ, you can just ask him to come and change your heart. He will. Now, if you're here tonight and you've never really asked Christ to forgive you and you're not really interested, that's okay. I respect that. That's just a thing between you and God. But second, if you're here and you're already a Christian and your conscience has been bothering you, There's something you've allowed the enemy to bring up. You've been forgiven of it, but you continue to allow the enemy to bring it up. Tonight's the night to let it go. Let your conscience be cleansed. And third, just to think about the goodness of God. And if he brings something to your conscience, then you say, God, if that's you, I'll make it right. Now, sometimes... We ask his forgiveness, but sometimes he asks us to do something else. Matthew 18, I may have to go to an individual and say, you know what? I gossip. You know it. I'm sorry. I stole like this lady did. I did whatever it is. Get it done. Get it right. You know what happens if we don't? We're all like this. We don't want to do that. But if we don't, guess what happens? It gets worse and harder and harder, and harder. And then when we do it, like this lady did, 500 bucks. How long did that happen? Who knows? Plus, you had to pay interest. What a waste. You know, it's so good to be able to lay down on our pillows and just say, thank you, Jesus. Isn't it? You see, I'm just like you. I'm no better than anybody else. We all have pasts that we don't want to ever even talk about. But God forgives us. It's the new covenant. It cleans my conscience. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark started with the story of Adam and Eve and how they violated their conscience, dooming mankind to sin and death. He talked about how the conscience will tell you to do right, but won't necessarily tell you what is right. Pastor Mark reminded you that the conscience isn't the final judge. God is. You need to obey him at all times. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, The New Covenant and Conscience. Next time, he'll begin a new message called The Power of the Blood. You'll be learning about the original blood sacrifices of the Old Testament and what their meanings were. You'll learn about their strengths and their weaknesses and their limitations. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.